Hey there, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of this show. This is Plenty of Noise, where it's all about the rock. Plenty of Noise is a radio show slash podcast that I am doing in association with a radio station called Radio Firework, based out of Munich, Germany. Um, this is a radio show about the alternative punk rock and emo scene that is still out there. I hear you, I feel you, everybody. I am your host. My name is Nick. I'm a musician myself. I sing and play guitar in a band called Cadet Carter. On this show, I talk to other musicians from our scene about what it's like to be in a professional rock band today. We talk about songwriting and the music business in general. And we, very basically, talk about and listen to great music together. I am so happy you guys tuned in. Uh, this is the second episode of this show, and we have another great guest on this show tonight. Because on this episode, none other than my friend Matt Kennedy is on the show. He's in a band called The Dangerous Summer, which is one of my favorite bands of all time, which is a band that I'm gonna keep plugging to you all the time. Please get used to this. I love this band. And it was so great to catch up with Matt after like, oh, it's been... I think it's been two years since we've been on the road together, my band and his band, and so much has changed for The Dangerous Summer, especially over the last few months. Um, they have gone completely independent, they've started their own record label, and they have also released two new songs um, as singles, obviously, and uh, we talk about all of this We talk about the pandemic, we talk about the music business in general and why The Dangerous Summer decided to go all independent. And all in all, it's been just a great conversation about our scene and the music business and uh, the ever-changing circumstances in which we find ourselves in all the time. So... Uh, Without further ado, let's jump right in to my conversation with Matt Kennedy of The Dangerous Summer here on Plenty of Noise. But yeah. Thank you so much for doing this and for taking the time. No problem, man. Anytime. Yeah. How, how have you been? It's been a while since I've seen you since two yeah, It's um it's a crazy world out there, isn't it? I mean it is. Um, we're all doing different things now than we used to do. I don't know totally. about you. I mean, obviously I'm following your band and I see what you guys are up to. And it's the same with my band, but it's a different game now, isn't it? It is, yeah. And like I think the unfortunate part too is that we're all expected to like instantly know how to do like um virtual live performances yeah use all these platforms that we've never used and it's cool to like adapt but also um we've kind of held out a little bit because uh we've seen this as like an opportunity to like dive in fully and like write new music work on new content uh put out new videos do all this other stuff um and almost like kind of revert into ourselves and go away for a little bit yeah um, this has helped like AJ and I like really like try to create a new sound with some of our new songs we're doing. Um, 
you know, we had a little bit of a hiccup with our old, a big hiccup with our old drummer Ben quitting recently. Yeah. So we had to kind of, we had to kind of restructure a lot of things about the band. And this is, I mean, unfortunately, like it's terrible what's going on and and the virus and everything around the world, but it's actually for once given us time to like step back, refocus, try to um, almost like revitalize the band uh, a Mm -hmm. little bit and reinvent ourselves. Cool. So, so yeah, yeah, but so how how are you how are you doing? I mean, how are you holding up? Uh, I'm holding up pretty well. Like I I kind of lucked out that um, so uh, she's now my fiance Tiana. Yes, congratulations in. on your engagement. Thanks. Social media told me. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I love her very much, and it's, this is like the best thing that could happen in my life which is crazy that happened in 2020, but yeah, um, I moved of from all Nashville. Years. <laughs> I know, right. I moved from that Nashville to Denver, Colorado to be with her about a week before lockdown happened. So oh, right before did it, you? Wow. just a, ma- a matter of days before it started, I-, I had already been hearing about the coronavirus and COVID-19 and everything like before I moved, but I was like, nothing had changed in Nashville. Yeah. All the bars were still open. Shows were still going on, but I had heard my friends were starting to get sent home from tours. Yeah. So I knew, I knew something was coming and then we got the lockdown order here. And I mean, it was scary at first, especially I thought it was only the last month or two and now it's canceled our entire year. The only yeah. two shows we'll have played this whole year have been weddings, you know, like private well, weddings and they're acoustic. Well, yeah. At least weddings are going on right now. Like they're happening, right? Because I know it's, uh, they're, you know, they're distance and stuff, but it's, it's still kind of scary. It's the first one was before COVID. Yeah. The second one was just recently. Um, but yeah, the we'll, we'll have not played a full band rock show this year. And that'll be the first time in my life in 18 years, I've never played a full band rock show. So wow. um, yeah, 2002 was the last time that um, I had only played, you know, like a few yeah. band, like acoustic shows. Funnily stuff, enough, so. we did a show last night at the Olympic Stadium in Munich, which holds like 60,000 people. And they let they, they let five hundred people in, so that's it's crazy. A, it's a weird <laughs> setting, and they all have to to wear their masks. But yeah. um, when they sit down, they can take them off. But when they stand up to dance, they have to put them on again. And it was just weird. It was just a it was a a party of people. Um, wearing and not wearing masks all the time, so they're putting them on, putting them off all the time. It was it was the <laughs> weirdest thing, but it was so much fun to play. I mean, we haven't we we did a show. The last show we did was on March fifth, I think, and okay. the lockdown in Europe came on March eleventh or something. So that's right around the same we, time. We we came home just in time, and <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I believe it's. It's even worse in America right now. Like the, the 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 things that we read online about about the states and and about You're the so state right. you guys are in is uh, is pretty um, scary to be honest. Well, I, I feel like in general, um, especially in the UK and Europe, um, I don't want I don't mean to generalize, but you guys like listen to for the most part your government and rules, and if they yeah. ask, hey, there's a mask mandate. Um, let's be kind to our elderly and let's like actually give a shit about the people that live in our country. Let's wear the mask and then it'll go away quickly. Well, you get, most of you guys did that and we didn't do that here. Uh, we have a lot of, for some reason, a lot of, um, kind of resistance towards it, which is so strange. I don't know why 
even uh, I was listening to something where the head of the CDC today said that if everyone in America would wear a mask for six weeks straight, um, that we would be done with this. But he's mm -hmm. like, no one is. So he thinks that we won't um, see a full reopening and like shows and all that stuff again until a full year from now. Yeah. That's yeah, the same so, prospect for Europe, to be honest. I mean, everybody's yeah. wearing masks around here and, and um, you, you're not allowed to enter the supermarket without, without putting a mask yeah. on. So uh, um, That's how, here's, uh, how it is here in Colorado, but unfortunately, like nationwide, especially more the, I guess, red or right-wing states, um, they, they have, I think it's just like old-time American kind of mentality where like, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah. You know, like, like I'm, I'm my own man or woman and I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And there's not enough like out, like, uh, there's not enough, like, I guess, like outpouring of like love and support for like people that could be susceptible to this virus. So, um, they're, they think they're being told what to do, but they don't, what they don't realize is that their mom or grandma in the elderly home like could yeah. die from this yeah absolutely know? so they're just going crazy and having fun and having parties and yeah. throwing shows and doing all this shit and so we're, we're just staying out of it until it's safe again yeah so uh, what, what have we, you we guys been up science, to you know so. but what have you guys been up to then have you been like hiding in the in the in the basement and recording music all day long basically Apart from getting so, engaged obviously but um yeah thank thank you so much um <laughs> And I'm lucky enough that my, my fiance, she gets to work from home. So yeah. I see her all the time. Cool. That's good. And, uh, and um, she still has a job, which, I mean, a lot of people did lose their jobs from this. So we're very blessed with that. But like AJ and I uh, have just been riding our asses off. Uh, I, I did take a chance and flew out to uh, Richmond uh, to shoot a video and basically record our, our new album. Yeah. Um, during that time while we were there uh, recording, uh, we had got hit up by Aaron from Aaron Gillespie from under yes. yes. And he was kind of stoked on the music and just in general wanted to write a track with us. And so we did one and, uh, I, I'm not sure what happened, but basically something went down where I think that Ben, our drummer, wasn't very stoked. We love him to death. I've been in a band with him for a long time. Yeah. Great friend, but he's a great guy. He wasn't very excited. Yeah. He wasn't very excited about that. And I can't necessarily blame him, but, um, he ended up leaving the band and, uh, so luckily Aaron stepped up and he recorded the, all the drums for the rest of the whole record. Cool. Um, so, uh, he even sings on one of the tracks too, which is cool. I, I grew up. I was, was going to say that he's, he's not just a phenomenal drummer. He's, he's a fantastic Killer musician singer. all around. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah, he's so good. He even play, he plays guitars and sings on one of the tracks too. And, uh, you know, I love his side project almost as well. Yeah, same here. But, I love that. Hell yeah. Cool. So we, we knocked that out. Um, that has taken two or three months to get mixed. We're working with Paul Levitt, who did Reach for the Sun, War Paint, Golden Record. Yeah, we were um, talking about Paul and you on the first episode of this show. Because yes, with Brian McTernan. Yeah, Brian McTernan mentions him all the time. He's kind of his, I think he's more or less his best friend. So he uh, is. Yeah. So he's like his best friend and like, kind of like, so I first recorded with Brian McTernan in 2006, it was 14 yeah. years ago with the graduate and, uh, his studio was right next to Paul's studio. They had, they shared a wall. Yeah. And so we would go and hang out and see what bands he was recording back and forth. Yeah. Um, which is funny because later on 
I was in the graduate and then Paul would record the dangerous summer and the dangerous summer. One of their guitarists listened to the graduate because of the studios were so close cool. and they had talked about it. And then that's how I got in the band, you know, fast forward. Like yeah, Bri- years later. Bri- Brian was, he was really shocked when I mentioned your name. Yes. He was like, how yeah. do you know Matt? And I was like, oh, I, I, like he's in the dangerous summer. Yeah, yeah, I know. And we were on tour with them in like 2018 or something. It got along really well. And it's so funny, you know, Matt. And then we talked like off the record, we talked for about half an hour about like, people, uh, common, common friends and common people that we know that we have in common. And it was, it was really, it was, it was great. And he loves you and he loved, he, he loves the graduate. Like he was, that's he, awesome. Brian was a real, I, was a real fan. I love him too. And like, I, it's so strange because like we didn't realize when we went in to record with McTernan, uh, it's like November of 2006. Yeah. Um, we had already made our first EP horror show. Uh, that was our debut EP. That's the thing that like got us signed, got us all the label, the label attention. And when we went in with McTernan, I was a huge fan of, you know, like thrice and, uh, I mean, he did like cave in and he did like Texas is the reason. Yeah. like he is like one of the OGs of, of uh, DC hardcore, East Coast hardcore, straight edge music back in the day. Yeah, he wasn't. Um, he, he was involved in like all that, all of those genre defining records, wasn't he? Like yes, he, yeah, like he battery. Was everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he's a lead singer of Battery, and like that was like one. Like, I mean, they they formed in like '94 or '95. I mean, no one was doing music like them back then, and. Um, and he did a lot of, he did Circus Survive. And that I think is what really, like when I first heard like Juntera and like um, Census Fail, like he did all these bands that I grew up like listening to. And I respected the fuck out of him, but I didn't realize when we went in there, that was our first like real record we'd ever made. Yeah. I mean, Brian McTernan taught me how to like properly string and tune a guitar. <laughs> you know, like I was that, I was that young, you know? Yeah. Like uh, we were all between 18 and 21, the whole band. But so, I was going to ask uh, you that anyway, like, would you say, the graduate made you the musician that you are like that band. A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah found, so like, because when I listen to like the dangerous summer records that you've played on, and then I listen back to the graduate stuff, I can sometimes really hear your guitar tone and the, and the style of playing. And I thought, yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah. That's definitely. Thank you, man. Yeah. So like, I think, I think it's, it's a culmination of like playing in the graduate and then like growing up where I did. So I grew up in central Illinois. Yeah. All over America, we have different kind of like, you know, scenes, of course. And our scene was luckily like one of my favorite scenes where it was like American football, um, the Owls, Captain Jazz, like uh, then like in my city, uh, this band called Park on Lobster Records. Uh, We had June, the Junior Varsity. We had a bunch of Victory Victory Records bands that got signed out of Springfield, Illinois, my little town. It's only like 100,000 people. Um, But there was a, a... a whole boom of like Midwest emo that came out from 2000 to 2005. Yeah. And that kind of shaped, shaped our style and graduate plus like bands like uh, Muse and Mute Math were just starting to come out. And so the mix of like Midwest, like emo indie music with uh, the electronic aspect of it that had just come out. And I, I play keyboards and piano and all that, yeah. all that, um, that kind of like shaped our sound and gave us something a little bit unique. Um, we had only played about 25 or 30 shows before we got signed. Um, yeah. we, we were all in college. We, we started the band in high school. We all separated, went to college, and then instantly it kind of like just took off. And I think when you're that age too, like you spend so much time writing your, your parts 
that they become like very intricate, chaotic. Every song has like 35 fucking parts to it, yeah. which is insane. Now everybody's and, solo. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like solo and just like simple. And, and um, it's, it's crazy because like you used to obsess over it so much that like now I can't even write like that. Like now I like to focus on the parts, make it simple and then let like AJ's voice, like voice like shine. Yeah. Um, you know, all, all about like the lyrics and serving the song rather than like being experimental. But when you're a kid, when you're like 17, 18 years old, like you're just writing like the craziest shit. So yeah. that's, what's fun about the graduate is our first few records were very strange and like yeah. all over the place, but still pop at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I, I love, I love the, those records. I remember them. They were, they were like they they were and an very much an underground thing in Europe in yeah, like the late two thousands. But but yeah, when you're a nerd like myself, you come across those records from time to time. Speaking Thank of you. speaking of, of of getting signed, you you guys just w went the other way, didn't you? Like you, you guys did, unsigned, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like I was so nervous about it in the beginning. You can if you ever talk to AJ, you can ask him too. But like. Basically, I was fighting the fact that we should go independent at first because it's like a security blanket to me. You know, like I've been with labels on and off and different labels since I was 20 or 21 years old. Mm. And I'm 35, I'm 35 now. I've been through like five or six different record deals. And I'm just like, it's, it's so nerve wracking, like thinking about trying to do this, navigate this world on your own because it's insanely difficult. There's like so many moving parts, you know, and when, a, when you have a, la a label, you have the legal team, you have accounting, you have marketing, uh, publishing, like all this other shit, but you also don't realize like that's how many different ways they're pulling money out of your pocket. Yes. You know? And so we started crunching the numbers once we started talking to enough different labels and publishing companies that were making us new offers besides hopeless. So we talked anywhere from like four to like seven different ones if you're talking about either labels or pub companies and some of them were kind of like airing out a little bit of like behind the kind of curtain stuff to us. And then, so we'd run the numbers. We found out that you like in America, at least I'm not sure what your PRO like pays you guys out, but with Spotify, like a million plays is anywhere from like 3,500 bucks to $6,000, depending on what like country you're in. Yeah. And do you, do you know the breakdown at all in your country? For yes. That yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What is it? Uh, yeah. I think for, for, for 100,000 plays or streams, I should say, yeah. it's a, a couple of hundred euros. It's really not that much. Okay, so, so one million could be close to what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, it's it kind of the same. I think the same. we um, have the same problem with Spotify um, all around the world. It pays so little. It's crazy. So like, but we did, a, we did the math and we figured out that we had made about two to three times more just on Spotify streams alone than all of our record deals combined. We are in and the middle of doing that for our band right now. We are in the middle of like doing the math. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's a little terrifying. And, and so we were like, basically, and I know, I know he's going on a rant and he's a little wild, but like Kanye West, like just like on Twitter yesterday posted his entire record contract with Def Jam Ooh, um, wow. or with Rockefeller records. And which is super I ballsy. He, I have to yeah, say, that. <laughs> he, he, he tweeted over a hundred times in one hour and he tweeted his entire record contract page for page, like 50, 60 um, pages. 
And like, it's very incriminating. It's very, I mean, it's crazy to see how high his budgets are. They're way higher than ours, <laughs> but like, it's, it's very, very incriminating. And like, that's something that I wish was more public knowledge and wasn't like so behind the curtain because basically like they take 80, like for lack of a better term, they take like 80 fucking percent of your income, Yeah. which what, what other industry does that? It's they, they take a, uh, advantage of artists in a way where they know for a fact you're never going to recoup and they sign you to these like, it's not necessarily a 360 deal, but it's a deal that all moves in circles where yeah. no matter what, what you do, you're never going to get your money back. Exactly. And exactly. Even if, I, even if they get their money back, you know, and it used so. to be like, it, it was never really okay, but it used to be okay back in the day when you. Um, had to rely on their like distribution and and their yeah. structures and what you know they would bring something to the table but now i think yes. it's a valid question to ask like what have you got to offer like what can you yeah. do that we can't do ourselves or we can just pay people like a certain amount of money to do that job for us and the rest of the money that comes in is our money again ours. yeah uh, Because I mean, even if you're even if you're paying someone twenty five to fifty percent of yeah. your income to take care of all the behind the scenes stuff, yeah, the marketing, distro, all that, you're still coming out on top. Labels have always been seventy to eighty percent to you know eighteen or twenty percent to yeah. the the artists. It's like um, I I mean I can send you some of my old deals from Razor and Tie, Icon, Hopeless Records, all this stuff, and man, they're one sided. It's insane. Yeah. But they, but they kind of they they hold the carrot in front of your face, you know. For like they they they're trying to tempt you. They'll take you out to nice dinners. They'll put you up in hotels in New York City, LA. Tell me about it, man. All this stuff. Yeah, yeah. But like at the end of the day, you're paying for everything, every yes, single thing. Yes. And I so signed, we finally. I, I signed my first record deal when I was 21, and I was out of it um, because a judge got us out of it by when yeah. I was 23. So we realized pretty quickly. And from that point on, I was always skeptical about labels. I mean, we, we yeah. have a, we have a record deal. Um, we might sign another one with, um, for, for the next record. But at the moment we are just, as like, like, like you said, like we're doing the math and we're looking at, at, our, at our options really. And I think yeah. nowadays um, you can do pretty much 90% of the work you can do yourself um, when you're like dedicated and you, and, and you're willing to do it because that's probably um, the problem of most artists. Like the, many artists don't want to do, they don't want to get involved with that side of the, of the business. Really. They don't. Yeah. And I think like, we don't necessarily consider ourselves like, like none of us are like mathematicians here. We're not businessmen. You know, like we eventually learn the business and, and we get good at it out of necessity, but like, like, Honestly, like, you know, even rappers like Post Malone or um, Macklemore, they've kind of broken the mold where if like Post Malone put that song White Iverson on SoundCloud and three days later had record deal offers because yeah. it, it went viral. It, it had millions of plays, got huge. So there's not really a business model anymore. Like the smartest thing you can do is if you all of a sudden get attention for a song or if you build up your audience big enough and you start to get these offers is you just have to weigh your, your options. Like, is there a smaller company I could hire that will take Doesn't, way less of a percentage for a monthly fee yeah. rather than giving someone, because if you give someone your masters in perpetuity, they own it forever. They own it till the day you die. And then even after you die, like 
but some of the biggest it, the biggest artists you know they they've been dead forever and the labels are still making money off it. yeah doesn't that whole situation remind you of like the 50s music business yes. like all down yeah. to singles again and the best thing you can do is have like a one-hit wonder song yeah like that, that goes through the roof and then you can pretty much do whatever you want but yeah it's it's a yeah it's it's kind of going to the casino really it's it's pure luck at the moment i'd say our drummer it totally always, is. yeah he, he he always says um the key is you gotta keep going that's yeah. what benny always says like keep i completely agree yeah. that, that's probably the best advice i could give or anyone could give as an artist is like i mean there's so many different times that you or i could have given up yeah you know, there's so many obstacles that are put in our way so many um different things that should have like smacked us in the face and told us to go back to like a normal life, but we didn't yeah. do it. But and what, what were AJ and you like kind of, were you thinking about calling it a day? Like with, with like we, the trouble with Ben and like the, the trouble with, um, with the record label and, you know, you guys doing the math and like finding out that you could have made a lot more money. Like were yes, you guys uh, like on the, on the brink or, or were you guys thinking about, um, calling it a day saying like, you know, I, we can't do this anymore. A hundred percent. I think we, we've thought about that a lot of times. Like we, we always want to keep it going. And especially like now our mentality is like, we have to keep this going because yes. like AJ has a daughter to take care of. Um, I have my fiance and my household to pitch in with and take care of. And, mm. uh, and we, in general, we just like, as you know, once you, we get this far into it, it's like, man, like if I stop now, if I throw in the towel now, it's like, I, I feel like I've almost wasted yes. years of my life because yes. the, the dedication is like what keeps, keeps me going and keeps driving me. So, um, I can't stop. I like, I feel like there's absolutely no reason to stop. I would just adapt, adapt or die. You know, you have to just yeah. keep rolling. So I, I think that we've had the conversation a bunch, a bunch of times we've even talked about changing the name or like moving on to different projects or doing yeah, other stuff. Starting but, all over. But, then, yeah. but the, yeah, but then every time we get together um, and we write, it feels great. And lately the, with mother nature um, and with our, our new stuff, yeah, we've had some of the best reactions we've ever had as a band. So now I feel like we're kind of on, we're on to something that if we stop now, we would really be shooting, shooting ourselves in the foot, you know, like, yeah. Maybe like, completely slowing progress. So um, if anything, I want to dive in deeper. I want to dive in harder and like put everything I have in this because I feel like we're on the brink or the cusp of, I don't give, I like, I don't give a shit about like the success or anything of it. Like I, I want to, I care about like making like great music. And right now I feel like we're making some of the best stuff that we have made in our lives. Yeah. And so I want, I want to keep that rolling and I mean, reaction and everything else like comes out of hard work, you know, in general. So it's like, if we shoot and we miss with the new EP, then that's okay. We'll, we'll write another one. But like, I just feel like we're on to something right now. And so I'm, I'm trying to ride that wave because it feels good. Like it feels good to have these kind of reactions with people. So then the, the new, like the label is called, uh, it's called Molly Water Music, I believe. How does that company work then? Like, do you guys... Do everything yourselves? Do you hire people? Have yes. you got a team to help you out? So as wild as it sounds, there's only three people working it right now. So AJ started the label himself. 
Um, and right now is kind of trying to like develop the name and everything, everything. Yes. Yeah. So all of our side projects, our friends, like side projects, like anybody that we're like really close, like homies with, we put it out through Molly water. I do all the distro here in, uh, Denver. I have a warehouse with like all the merchandise and I personally ship if like in Germany or anywhere else, if someone buys a, uh, t-shirt or an album, I'm the one shipping it from here. Cool. From this room, actually, from my studio. It's very and, back to uh, the roots. I love that. It, it is, man, which is crazy because, like, you know, for, for a band that's been together for so long, they may be a little bit, a bit above that. And I'm sure maybe a year or two ago, we would have reacted that way. But now when you kind of pull the carpet out, like, when we have to, like, start over, then it feels good. Like, every single time I'm shipping somewhere, that's one person that took their hard-earned money and, like, they're buying a shirt, they're buying our song or our album, and they they had to work some shitty day job to like buy that. Yeah. You know, so we appreciate it. Like before it was all getting shipped out by a big company. I didn't see any of it. Yeah. So I you lose that appreciation for it. But now like every single person it you does know, I can see it, it. It does get kind of abstract then, doesn't it? It like does. You, you yeah. don't like have a proper connection to the the fan or the person behind it. It's just a for lack of a better word, it's just a customer, really. So just a customer. It, shirt, I'll see you on tour, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have a total disconnect um, socially that way. And now it's like, I mean, not only do I, do I see every single person, what country, what city they're in, when I'm shipping stuff out, I see the repeat offenders that keep coming back, and those are the real, like, kind of diehard like fans that like have supported us since day one. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's nice, like, and then AJ's doing like a lot of the strategy. Uh, we're doing like our own website. Um, uh, we have one guy named Kyle Hewlett that's been helping us, and he works for like Pure Noise Records and a few other labels as like a strategic like uh, marketing guy. Yeah. So he's helping. He he's a friend. He did merch on our last tour. He's been helping us out. Other than that, just us three, no one else. Cool. So um, we're we're doing everything. We're putting out everything. We're constantly trying to put out side projects now. Um, AJ and I are doing uh, features like tomorrow. I'm going to be on that Feature X website that they just started. Yeah. Where, uh, AJ's on there too. Um, um, so like, I, we're just trying to do every, everything we can to make ends meet and yeah. keep a roof over our heads until we can tour. Because as far as we know, our next tour might not be until August or September at least of next year. Yeah, like we next summer tour from December to June, June twenty one, yeah. with a UK band yeah. called The Bottom Line. Oh, that's awesome. Europe. That sound, that sounds safe. I think. You know, I hope knows, so. Man. It sounds safe. I mean, we are yeah. kind of relying on it. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's got to happen at some point. I mean, the thing I. We got booked to do it in May. Our record came out in May, so we got booked to do that in May. Then it got moved to December. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, most people kept their tickets and it's the same now. Like we, we moved, we, we, we moved the shows back to June now and no one gave back their ticket. So it's really people are dedicated and they're waiting to, 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 to go back out there and, and, and watch some live music. I think it's the same in the States, really. People miss that kind of stuff. The thing is politics don't like politicians don't really care about our business <laughs> they don't yeah i saw something that was like basically like you know like frontline workers like uh 
necessary people and then like the least necessary people in like yeah. artist artist musician or like anything yeah. like that dj was like at the bottom of the line yeah so like at, at the end of the day like this kind of shows us like what our government and people in general think of like they're showing their true colors where even though that they obsessively listen to the art and everything else that we make the events we put on we're the last person on their mind yeah you know so that, that that part is kind of a bummer but the good part is that the people that are fans of your band or my band or fans of music in general like they're like putting everything they have into making sure that we're still supported yeah so if we didn't have the, the merch sales t-shirt sales all that kind of stuff that we have going on right now like i would barely be able to pay for anything yeah so have you uh, have you guys done like uh any stream like live stream shows or something like that so aj did this thing called the five for five festival where it was in the uk and that one was quite big they had like don broco and inner shikari and oh, some wow. awesome bands mm -hmm. and uh he played acoustic i mixed it so that was kind of my part because we're in different cities we live like two thousand miles away from yeah in the states here but uh uh yeah it, we did that and then um you know we've played some weddings other than that i think that's kind of like the only like online thing uh we did something for like iw radio one time but uh we've been we've been staying out of it just because we have so much work to do with our new album yeah uh trying to craft this new sound too and and just like i think the legwork of like doing our own marketing distro label you know, duties and uh, socials and everything else. It's like, we're kind of really focused on that right now, like trying to grow and develop like our online presence. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like it's, it would have been three, four times bigger, but our last guitarist who's a little wild, Cody um, Payne, yeah. he deleted, he deleted all the band's accounts in 2017. And oh, uh, wow. or 2014, sorry. So uh, you had to start from scratch, we, basically. We yeah. had to start from scratch, yeah. So we had like way more followers on everything that we have, um, which makes it easier to get your music out there. Yes. And uh, he de he deleted everything, and so we wow. literally had to start from zero on our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter, all that. Mm -hmm. So that's just been the last six years that we've developed kind of what we have going on now. So it's just all about like being able to like put attention on that, release new music, new content and do our side projects that's like keeping us going. And thank you to anyone that's like bought a shirt or an album or anything. Like you guys are like literally like, mm. you know, putting food on, food on the table for us right now. But cool. we just can't, we can't wait to play again, man. Like I'm just dying to get back out there. Yes. And I'm dying to get to Europe too. Like uh, we talked with our agent at uh, Primary Talent, Chris Smith, yes. and he said that uh, we're trying for like maybe next November or December to do like UK and Europe. So hopefully we'll see you guys soon. Yes. Um, that'd yeah, be, dying, cool. dying to get over there. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, we got to play some shows again together too, man. You guys are so good. Cool. Cheers, man. Really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, it was, that was kind of the tool that got us, like talking to you, uh, including Ben, because that he had yeah. like the same attitude as you guys. He still has probably. Um, mm -hmm. You just, you're just going for it. You know, you just, yeah. and AJ is like the perfect example of just keep going. Like if possible, yes. keep going. And I'm a dad now myself, and I I think I think oh, about congratulations. That a lot. Cheers, man. Yeah. I I think about that a lot of times, like very often. Like he he went, yeah, you can have a daughter and still be in a band, like a touring band. It works. You can you can you can sort that out. It's you can make it work, and that's that's really inspiring. So uh, 
Um, would you like? I want to talk about this going independent thing a bit more, if if that's all right okay. with you. Sure. Um, would you say that this is the way to go for most bands, Dan? Like, would you would you say that this is probably the best idea for many bands? Uh, yes and no. So I, I'd venture to say that, like, if you and it really like it somewhat depends on your age too. Yes. So if you're a young young artist, if you're like 16, 17, something like that. I mean, the best thing you can do is obviously we call it like woodshedding here in town. Like, yes, go into a room, lock yourself in there and like record and record and write music until you find your sound, your distinct sound and judge your. I mean, you don't want to do all of this, but like ju judge your uh, direction upon like response from like your friends and family you're showing to because you're going to have a lot of yes people at first, you know, in your inner circle. They're like, that's awesome. And it could be like complete shit. Yeah, like the worst like song ever, which like <laughs> most of my songs like when I was growing up were. But I've um, written a bunch my, of those, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, tons of them. But luckily, like I've had enough people in my life where like that's like not that great. But like here's where what you could change, or like I just I know you can do better. And then that, you go back to the drawing board, you work your ass off, and then you finally once you start getting those reactions, and like locally you'll get like a lot of people coming to your show then you can think about starting to shop your stuff around. It's all about getting the songs first, like shop it around. And when you're that age, like a label is going to be a huge help to you. They're going to help you develop your, your style, your sound, your online presence, all that. But if you already have like a fan base at all, or like if you already have like um, merch sales, uh, solid like ticket sales, even locally or like in a small like tour within 100, 200 miles of your city, then who gives a fuck about a label? Yeah. Like the best thing you do is like work. You could have everyone in the band work a side job and save up. Like everybody saves up, you know, 2% or 5% of your income. And let's put it all in a pot together. Make a huge, like really nice, like quality recording of the best music you, you can do, you know, and then try to sell it yourself by like organic kind of grassroots, like marketing. If that still doesn't work, you, you might want to think about like signing with a label or seeing like what they can do for you. But if you if you already have people listening to music, then it's all about just like how much work do I want to put in, I want to put in. Yes. You know. So That's if you put in the work yourself, like right now, like we're very fortunate that we have a lot of like people listening to the band and interacting with us online. So once we saw that and then we took hold of the reins and we're like, holy shit, like this is actually gonna work and um also like damn how much were we getting screwed over before yeah it starts to make you think you know like man i didn't realize like how much the label was taking before because even with a third of the sales on a single or a t-shirt we're making five times the money yeah. you know so it's just like obviously their operational costs are so inflated that you know we just we didn't realize that cool so, yeah. yeah so it's nice it's nice to see it and it's nice to like directly interact one-on-one -on -one with all the people that listen to our music cool. um yeah we're we're running everything ourselves so if you get a response it's right from us if you get a, a shirt it's right from us so wow that's really cool um what 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 are your plans then like what what do you want to do what what are your plans for the next year when there's no that probably there won't be any touring uh, I think I think we're going to keep doing. So AJ has a new project. I'll do a little shout outs real quick. But AJ has a new project called Broken Glow Sticks. Yeah, and you uh, have one too. Let's give that one. Yeah, I do. I have one called Little Kennedy that I just started. That was kind of my nickname, like growing up. I'm the youngest of like three boys. Yeah. In my family. 
And uh, it's, it's nice because like with mine, especially I'm doing like production work, some writing and recording, programming drums, doing guitars, keys, whatever. And then like, I'll find like my different friends that are great vocalists that I think could fit that song in particular. And then I'm going to put it all together, like 10 or 12 songs, make a vinyl, uh, do a physical release too. Cool. All under our label. And I'm going to make visuals for every song. So that's kind of our new thing too, with like our new EP, like every song has some sort of visual, no more. Like these are three singles. There's 15 songs on the record, no more videos or anything for anything else. Like we're trying to grow our YouTube channel, our other stuff. Like, so it's like, I want a visual for every single song. If it's a lyric video, um, even if it's like a lock off shot or something like that yeah. of something pretty got to have something, yeah. yeah, something, something. Yeah. Cause it's like, we're realizing now too, that like people all over the world, they really love YouTube more than Spotify, more than they iTunes. do. Um, Content is king. I believe is what those marketing people always it, tell me. It is. And, and it, it, there's such like a way to do it now where you can like, you can do it specifically catered to your art and what you want to do yeah. and not have to like with the labels that are like, Oh, you only have this much budget for these many singles. And then after that, you're out of money. You can't do anything. Instead, instead they should be thinking like we need a video for every single song. So then that way, even if it's in Japan or China or Australia, they have the option of choosing YouTube over Spotify and yeah. streaming your, your song over and over again. Yeah. So we're trying to do that too. And plus it's fun. It's like, I love making content. So like the more, like I wouldn't, I can't picture any of my songs without picturing some sort of visual. Really? So this is, yeah. So this is a fun way to like, you I know, like that is my that weakest happen. part. Like if every, if someone goes, so uh, do you want to shoot your video for that? Nick, what do you think? You, you, <laughs> you wrote the thing. Tell us about it. I was like, I, I, I don't know. I, can we do a performance clip for the channel? Yes, that works too. <laughs> okay. But no, there's, it's a real thing. It's called, I think it's called synesthesia, but it's like where you see colors <laughs> and pictures when you hear music. Yeah. Um, it's like a condition. I don't have that per se. I just like, I definitely can get like a feel for it, but yeah. like, I wish I had that. That sounds fun. Like that sounds like a fun condition, but uh, like, I don't know. I just, I love making this shit lately. And so we have little Kennedy, we have broken glow sticks, um, we have Brian Swindle from, uh, have, have mercy. mercy. Yeah. His new stuff is really good. We toured with him before. Uh, and then we have dangerous summer stuff on there. And then AJ is even doing Molly water merch. Um, yeah. we, I kind of picture it like in general, I picture it like back in the sun records days, like back in the fifties, sixties, they used to do these tours, um, where it'd be like a bus and it'd be all the bands on the labels, so, like eight yeah. bands, 10 bands. And they show up and they do like a showcase, like a review, basically. Yeah. So this could be like the, I mean, maybe in the future, that's kind of what I picture is like Molly Water Music would be like a tour that we do and there'll be three to five artists and we'll sell all of our merch there plus the label merch and yeah. it'll just be like a whole night. Um, obviously, every tour won't be like that, but it just, it's, like, it's, it's, it's cool. It's kind of the um, kind of like the early Fat Records approach, I think. Yes. I think oh, dude, yeah. Fat Mike is a genius about that stuff. It's all guilt by association. Like, how can I like bring up my brother? So, like, like Fat Mike is like anytime they would get attention with no effects, he would sign another band. Yeah. That he thinks the the people would love, and he just kept doing it over and over and over again. And that's kind of like how Hopeless Records did it too. But like, 
man, once, once you get like fans of the label, not just the artists, then you can really like grow like a platform to like lift up your friends. And so I think that's kind of what we're doing is trying to lift up our friends and cool. So like AJ spearheading so, 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 it. I just, I, I just love to, to ship out the shit here, like ship out yeah. the shirts and like be a part of it too. So, but you, so they won't be, it, it won't be like an, an exclusive dangerous summer band member label. So you, you, you are thinking about signing like other acts and like, yes. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we kind of are. So it's like, all right, I'm not going to like, I guess, I don't think this like pulls any of the curtain too much back, but right now it's like, we're basically working with artists we want to work with. So like, if they want to go somewhere else, they can go somewhere else. We're not like exclusively like stealing these people, but you know, like uh, I think it eventually could turn into something to where we're like legitimately like signing a normal sort of deal with like um, other artists. But uh, that's kind of on AJ's side, whatever he wants to do. Like, I view it as like one of these things where it's just like you're just picky about who you work with yeah. and you bring in, you bring in a platform that is like an independent platform for your best friends and artists to release stuff without getting fucked over by a label. Yeah. So like, say like you guys or anybody else, it's like, if you work with the label, then it's like, you can put stuff out, own your masters, collect all of your own money, but have a digital platform that's associated with other acts that people are listening to as well in order to bring everybody up, you know, eventually it's like, you have to make some sort of money, but like they haven't even, we haven't even like rolled out, you know, it could be possibly be some sort of like charitable thing where like you can donate. If it does make money, you donate the proceeds like somewhere. Mm. But um, I don't know. It's just like right now it's a way to like bring everybody up without actually like holding people down. Cause that's the whole reason that we're doing this is like to say, fuck you to labels and to like, not have to be like stuck in some sort of contract for a five yeah. album deal. Yeah. You know? Cool. So, cause we, we've tried that and it's just, it doesn't work very well. Yeah. We so. all, we, we've all tried it yeah. more than once. Yeah. More than yeah. once. multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> so and, uh, I'm just, I'm stoked that's over that part of my, or I yeah. think for a while. Do you think it will be over for good? I can't, I can't say never, that if never someone came never, in, yeah, but. yeah, never say never. If someone came, cause I don't want to ever be like, you know, quoted saying that, but like <laughs> if someone came in with the right deal and like the right um, business plan about it and it was the right label that was the right fit, then yeah, we would think about it. But right now it's like, this is the best thing we could do Yeah, because I, f- I feel like we're doing just as good as Helpless is doing because they have too much on their plate. They have like 30 fucking bands and we, we have you know, three to four people working all day, every day on one band, just us. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Cool. So that kind of helps like every, every day we wake up and treat it like a nine to five, honestly, five, six days a week. This yeah. is what we do is either shipping, receiving socials, whatever. Like it's all about our band every single I'm, day. I'm pretty like sure that is the way to go. Like that's how most band businesses like, because it's a business at the end of the day, isn't it? It's also a it business. Is. And it's it's how it should be run in 2020 i think it's the i agree way. it is and this is the only time we'll ever have this much time to focus on it yeah so it's like just just like you guys are like anything and like starting your new you know your new podcast and like it's like this is the only time we have the time to do this kind of stuff yeah i was so thinking like, about i was thinking about doing the podcast for like more than a year really one and a half yeah. years it was like there is no english language 
radio show on Munich Radio, and there are no like podcasts talking to international guests, international musicians about yeah. about that kind of stuff from a like European or even German. I'm only half German, but from a German yeah. perspective, um, and that's kind of that. That could be my in and the first radio station I asked. They were like, "Hey, cool." Can you send us the yeah. first episode by September? <laughs> yeah, they're like, please. Well, really dude, cool. if you if you need uh, if you need any connections with any other artists, let yeah. me know because like it's a it's a fantastic idea and um, you know like and there's so much to so, talk about so like people that there's there are so many people like us looking for that kind of stuff to listen to yeah. like you know um, yeah so one more thing before I let you go um, because there was ten. In Germany, it's 10 o'clock at night. Oh, yeah, I hear you. I have to go to sleep, man. I've got <laughs> a 10-month-old baby here. upstairs. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you're gonna, probably going to go out for lunch now. Oh, Yeah, honestly, I'll get lunch. lunch right now. Are you allowed to, yeah. to like, are restaurants open in, in Denver? They are. So what you have to do is you wear a mask inside. Uh, yeah. you're, you're all sat six feet apart. Uh, so there's only half seating, like 50% capacity. And including you're your partner like when when you go there with your, with your yes. fiance are you allowed to sit next to her or do you have like, yes I, okay. i can sit next to her because we live together yeah and technically we're like family now yeah so it's like once i think once your family are like related somehow you can do it uh and then once you sit down you can take your mask off eat your meal but if you go to the bathroom and do anything else you have to put your mask back on and your server has their mask on all the employees have their mask on yeah um so, but it's only like 50% capacity. So like each restaurant only has like, or pub only has like maybe 10 or 15 people in it. Yeah. So some of them aren't, aren't reopening because they can't make enough money. In yeah. This manner. So like, it's better I, for them I, I can't see clothes. that working like financially for them <laughs> in any way. Me either. Yeah. So we're, we're very lucky that some of them are open and we do our best. Cause like I grew up, my brother is a chef and a caterer and yeah. weddings and all that. And, I grew up like uh, bartending, serving, and working in the hospitality industry. So we're trying our best to like support those people. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's a weird time, man. Like I can't wait till everything reopens because I live in this cool city and I only got to experience it for like five or six days. Yeah. So the best thing we can do right now is like her and I will go to the mountains or we'll go for like a hike or we'll go to see some beautiful scenery. And that's like, yeah. you're all by yourself there. So you're able to do that. But um, in the city it's, and there's a lot of wildfires going on right now. Like yesterday yeah. we couldn't even um, go outside. Like yesterday is like air quality. It's on the news. It's on the news in Europe. We we've heard about okay. it. Yeah. It's tragic. Yeah. Right? We, our whole, our whole country is covered in smoke right now. It's nuts, especially California, uh, Colorado, like all this stuff. So yeah. we, we as, just have a lot of like dry. Um, as if the brush. COVID thing wasn't enough. Yeah. It's nuts, man. It's, it's, it's like, they, they try to make you, they tr the best thing you do right now is be positive and like, try to like carry on with your normal life because yeah. like the news and the media, they try to make everything sound, they sensationalize it and make it sound like everything is like ending. Yeah. But, um, if they, if you listen to all of it, you're just going to go crazy and bang your head against the wall. So like my favorite thing now is to try to kind of not ignore it. You want to be informed, but like, take it all with a grain of salt, stay you know? positive, stay yeah. positive, keep writing. And like, in general, just like know that like things are going to get better. Cool. Um, but I, I have bad days all the time. Yeah. Where I'm like, fuck, like Same my man. whole year is canceled. Like, yeah. But today has been a really good day. Every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> every once in a while I do. I'm not going to lie. I completely, yesterday was one of them, but today is a really good day. 
Cool. And cool. Uh, yeah, I'm just um, I'm stoked that we still get the opportunity to make music. And luckily, we have the internet and other forms to like put out our music yeah. and show people our art without having to like be there in person. Cool. So we're we're very lucky that we live in this time right now. If this would happen in the '80s, man, I'd be going crazy. Yeah. In the 90s yeah. Or you know? Thanks to modern technology, it's not as bad as it could be. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. It's a lot so better, so. I've, I've got one, one last question for the podcast before I let you go, because I want to ask that question every, to every guest that I have. Have you ever yeah. heard or come across a phenomenon called German compliments while you were on tour in Germany? Or do you know what that is? Uh, it's crazy because I, I took years of, of German in school and stuff, but like German compliments, I would like, is it? Positive, a positive or negative thing? No, like it's, it is kind States. of a kind of a. It's it's a very negative thing, and I've come. I've, that I, makes sense. <laughs> I found out about it um, on Twitter. Really, there was. I don't remember the name of the singer, but he started a thread going. Uh, Tell me about your best about the best German compliments that you got while you were you and your band were on tour in Germany, yeah. Austria, or Switzerland, for that matter. And they had like the most hilarious stories about people walking <laughs> up to the merchandise stand after the gig, and oh and, yeah, like in a, in a really bad, in, like telling them in really bad English um, what they didn't like about the show. So um, I, I obviously I, I spent a lot of time in the UK, and people walk up to the merchandise stand and say, "That was a great show, mate. Well done. See you next yeah, year." Yeah, that's it. Germans. Yeah don't do that and we've experienced that but it seems to be they're way harder on like foreign bands like from 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 america basically totally so 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 they walk up to them and they go this show not very good last show (laughs) and then they look at the drummer and they go why have you become so fat like (laughs) straight to his face i'll i'll have to send you the link that um to that Twitter thread. It's hilarious. I was really rolling on the floor laughing. It was, it was hilarious. Like, do you have, so good. Do you have a story so, like that? Do you remember uh, an incident? So like that? I do have a story about that in like France and like, also like, um, French, the French area of Canada, you know, like Quebec yeah. or anything like that. So German wise, my best friend, Thomas Nicholas, uh, I used to play in his band for a long time called the Thomas yeah. Nicholas band. Yes, and uh, he he played over there in Germany multiple times. Where they come up and they'd be like, "Oh, you were too bit, you were like a little bit drunk tonight. Uh, you're way shorter than I thought you were in person. Um, you looked a lot better with shorter hair. Like all this shit. This laid in. So he told me yeah. all about it. Like, Why Austria. though? Why like, do people in Austria? <laughs> yeah, he said people just destroyed him. And uh, last time we played in Quebec, uh, I had a guy walk up to me and be like. Um, he's like, my favorite bands are like the Strokes and Arctic Monkeys. He's like, but you guys are like shit, man. He's like, you guys are like really nice guys, but you're like, your band is shit, your music is shit. <laughs> to my fucking face, like Why? to my face. I've, I've never, I've never had anybody say anything like that to me in my entire life. And uh, even people that were really angry at me, like, yeah, no like destroyed my music uh, like that. And I, I actually thanked him. I was like, thank you, man. Like, I, you win. I appreciate like, never, your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never had anyone insult me that well before where I'm like, wow. Like, I don't know what to say, on. man. You got yeah. me there. Yeah. So I, I, and, and music, I, I mean, music is all subjective at the end of the day. 
And maybe he truly felt that way, but I think that's just the culture, man. Yeah. Which is wild. You, you guys are over there. Like, I don't, I don't want to throw you in there too, but like, you're brutally honest and I respect the hell out of that too. Like, I like that. Like I wish here in the States, cause I used to live in like LA too. Like, yeah, people are so fake nice there, you know, like yeah. they're like fake nice to your face. Like, Oh my God, that was a great show. You guys look so good. You sounded so good. And like the PA could have been turned off the whole time. Yeah. You know, like, you don't, yeah. So that's not better. Uh, is uh, it? Uh, yeah. Honesty goes a long way, but also like a little white lie every once in a while, you know, has never. Yeah, or just shut the so, fuck up. Right. Just, yeah. Just don't say, don't anything, say right? anything. Like if, if I'm at a show and I think the band like sucked, I'm not yeah. waiting for the bloody guitarist to walk, to come to the merchandise then just to tell him straight to his face that he yeah. sucks tonight. I mean, I'll yeah. just go home and like, if a friend asks me about the show, I might say it wasn't the, sh the best show ever. Or I didn't yeah, like it. Yeah, totally. And, and in general, like, and I don't think this is fake, but like, if I tell someone good job, man, like I truly mean that. because I, it doesn't necessarily mean that like you played the best or it sounded the best. It's like good job for trying getting your getting yeah. up there, have, having the balls to play in front of people, which cool. terrifies a lot of people. Yeah. Like, so there, there's a way to genuinely say good job or it's also a thing. Show. It's also a thing like, um, between bands really, like when you're on tour together yeah. and the, the support band comes up. Yeah. We have like camaraderie together. because yeah. we were all the support band at one time. Like yeah. everyone opened for somebody at one time. And yes. like, it doesn't matter. Thanks again for having me on. I really appreciate it, Nick. And uh, I hope you have great rest of the night too. I know you're going to yes. bed soon, but anytime, uh, buddy. yeah, peace. And we'll try to get AJ on here with you too. Cool. I'll talk to you soon. So there it was my conversation with my friend, Matt Kennedy of the dangerous summer. I want to thank Matt for doing this and I'm going to leave you obviously with a song by the dangerous summer. It's their most recent single. It's called fuck them all. I'll see you next month. Take care. Bye-bye.